think I got it going on both places now. Let me see. I think it is working in both places. Alright, let me pull it up. Hope you guys are having a great day today. What's up, Malaya? What's up, Vess? Hi, guys. Let me see. I, I'm trying to figure out see the comments on my personal page. I'm not sure if Alright, cool. So Pastor Chris. Hey, What's hey. up, Cops? How are you, man? Hope you're doing well. We're going to give a couple people, you guys know, tag and share, please. Go ahead and tag and share. Tonight we're going to be talking about why should we obey God. It'll be a good conversation uh, about obeying God and what we need to do in order to make that happen. So if you're on here, tag and share, invite a friend, family member. What's up, Miss H? How are you? Tag and share. Let us know where you're listening from. Or watching from, rather. What's up, Miss Don? What's up, Amber? How are you guys? I got about two more minutes and then we'll, we will get started. So I'll go ahead and do announcements kind of before we get started. So Amber, North Little Rock. Uh, so announcements. As you guys know, Wednesday we do Bible study, 8.30 Central Standard Time. Um, on Sunday mornings, join Pastor Chris on Facebook at Kristen Valley Worships at 9.30 Central Standard Time for worship. Uh, and then at 10 a.m., you can join Pastor Evelyn and Pastor Sean for Sunday celebration on our Fellowship of Champions page, uh, www.facebook.com, backslash, I mean, backspace, F-O-C-N-W-A. Uh, if you're watching from the church page, just come here at 10 o'clock on Sunday. Then on Monday, Pastor Sean does Mindset Mondays, and uh, it's awesome. It's a great reset. I encourage you to go watch this week's. As well as watch today's, uh, go to our Sean Strickland page and watch today's message. Um, July is the month of freedom and she's doing 31 days of freedom. So I'd encourage you to go over there and, and watch that. Uh, it was today around 10 a.m. Central Standard Time at Sean Strickland uh, page. And then that's Mondays. And then on Tuesday nights, we do corporate prayer at 8 o'clock Central Standard Time on the Fellowship of Champions Church page. So you can go there and join us for prayer. So there's multiple times throughout uh, the week to engage in the Word. And so I encourage you to do that. You got Sundays, 9.30 and 10 o'clock. You got Monday Mindset. You got Tuesday Prayer. And you got Wednesdays where we do Bible study. What's up, Tunda? How are you? And so that's what we'll be 
doing. So get engaged. And then also today we launched July 31st, July 1st to the 31st, we're doing our scholarship drive. Today alone, I think in the first 17 hours or so, we raised $10,000. And so somebody's going to match us another $10,000. So that is two full scholarships already paid for. Um, and so we encourage you to go and share and donate. Uh, but we're not we're not just selling with that. I mean, we're expecting that this month we'll be able to uh, do twenty thousand um, dollars, and I believe that God will easily exceed that because it's a light thing for God to do so. So July is Freedom Month, and we are free to receive what God has given us, and we're free to sow. And so I got eight thirty one, and then we'll we'll pick back up on announcements, of course, at the end. And so tonight. We're going to be talking about why obey God, and so I'm I'm pretty excited tonight because uh, I always love sharing the word with you guys. It's one of my I look forward to Wednesday nights getting to be with you guys and just fellowship and everything. But tonight's extra special because I get to do this with my best friend, and my boo, April Marlowe, uh, and so uh, we'll be talking about having a conversation about being obedient to God. We'll share the word and likely share some personal stories from our own lives on how uh, our obedience to God has really blessed us. It's a defining mark in our life and it's one of the things that uh, has really made a difference in our ability to be blessed by God and to live a life that is full and overflowing in all areas. So um, we'll get started. Uh, you want to pray? Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your love, God. We thank you so much for your word, God. We just pray, God, um, that you would speak to us, God. I thank you, Lord, that we will say nothing more and, and or nothing less, God, than, that you give us, Lord. We pray, God, that your word falls on good ground, God, that um, people's ears are open to hear and, to and hearts are open to receive your word, God. And we thank you, Lord, that it will produce a hundredfold harvest in the lives of your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I am excited. I don't know if it's excited nervousness, but I'm here. And it's funny that we're talking about um, obeying God because this is definitely an act of obedience uh, for me because it is definitely outside of my comfort zone. I, you know, just being on Facebook, I, I probably haven't even made a total of five posts this year. So to be on a Facebook Live um, teaching is, is definitely outside, but it's an act of faith, I mean, act of obedience to God. And so sometimes you just have to jump in there. And I'll just share this with you that, um, so, so when Ralph was, we have been talking about this for a few weeks, but when Ralph was like, hey, I'm getting ready to, um, to make the flower, I need to know if you in or out, so I can put your name on there. And so I, was, I got the text, and I was just looking at my phone, and I didn't allow myself room to to go back. I just heard him say yes, and just put the phone away, and it was done. So you know, sometimes with obedience, you just have to dive in. You know, you can't second guess, you can't come up with all the excuses. And, you know, I don't know if you guys know now, it's not always quiet, but when, you know, Ralph is teaching, we have three kids, so, you know, it, it, it can be very busy. And so all of these things or all these reasons are going through my mind of, of why I couldn't participate or why I couldn't be obedient to God. So um, 
I just wanted to share that. But I am excited to be here, um, and I'm excited that I'm I'm just stepping out and and doing what God has called me to do. So um, I hope the word blesses you today, and we'll get started. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I was reading somebody's post. They're like, "What, Miss Marlowe is with you?" They said, "Aiden gonna have a Camaro order from Amazon tomorrow." Right. Uh, and if y'all don't know the Aiden and the Amazon story, I encourage you to go to my post. Uh, maybe it was sometime this week uh, and read about the the Aiden and his Amazon uh, adventure that he had, his shopping spree of about a thousand dollars or so. Uh, but all is well. So, but we'll get started. So tonight we want to talk about obedience, and our objective tonight is to help you understand. Why we need to obey God, uh, that obedience is a heart issue, and that you must decide that it's a priority to walk in obedience. So we want you to walk away knowing three things. Why should I obey God? Obedience is a heart issue, and that you must make it a priority to obey God. Obeying God is not an accident. It is something that we do intentionally. It is something that you have to purpose your mind to do. And so when we walk away, when we obey God, a lot of times we, when we disobey God, a lot of times it's just that we ain't really thinking about God, just to be honest. Uh, and we'll get into some of that, but I'll let April kind of de uh, define what we'll use for a working definition tonight for obedience, and, uh, and then we'll kind of go from there. So we're, we're just going to dive in and look at the word obedience. And the definition of obedience is compliance with an order, request, or law, or submission to another's authority. So we'll read that again. Obedience is compliance with an order, request, or law, or submission to another's authority. And we'll also look at that definition um, in in terms, well, actually, let's just go to um, John 14 and 15 um, in the New Living Translation. It says, if you love me, obey my commandments. So basically, obedience is how we prove and demonstrate our love for God. And obedience requires us to submit to God's authority. Because if you look at the definition of obedience, it's submission to another's authority. And, and of course, we're talking about God. So Obedience requires, I mean, it's not you choosing, it requires us to submit um, to submit to God's authority. And, and just like I, I had my reservations or I, I don't do Facebook Live or I'm quiet and I, I really don't talk that much, it didn't give me a reason, that didn't give me a reason to disobey God. I had to submit those thoughts or what I thought about myself or what you know I think who I think I am and submit that under God's authority um, and we're also going to go back and look at the definition of obey in the Hebrew translation and and in obey in Hebrew translates to Shama which means to hear and obey or to hearken so obey in Hebrew translates to Shama, which means to hear and obey. And we're going to go back to John 14 and 15, and we're going to add that in there. It says, if you love me, hear and do my commandments. 
So right here, we, we see that hearing is a key part. It's extremely important to be able to hear the Holy Spirit, to hear God's voice, voice in order to obey. Because if you can't hear anything, you can't do anything. You can't act on nothing. I mean, if you, if you don't hear anything from God, you can't now operate in obedience. Right. And with that, if you can't hear God, you can't establish a basis for faith. Because we understand that faith begins where the will of God is known. And so that word shaman in Hebrew means hearing and obeying. I can't act in obedience to God if I can't hear God. And if I can't hear God, I can establish a basis for having faith. Right. And if I'm not in faith, then I'm not pleasing God. And if I'm not pleasing God, I'm operating in disobedience. Because what pleases God is obedience to him. And so for me to be able to be obedient to God, then I must hear from God. I must be in faith. And then through faith, I exercise obedience. Because obedience is a result of faith being acted out. Obedience is what obedience is our visible expression of faith. That's how we express our faith in God, in his word, is that we obey him. But if I can't hear him, then I don't have I don't I can't obey him. And I think that leads into our so, our, our, our daily walks with so Amy. I don't know. So we've we've been having daily walks. We've been walking for probably about two months now. And so everybody goes, you know, both Rav and I, we go and the kids go and we usually have Ava in the stroller and Major likes to run and just recently, probably the last couple of weeks, Aiden has kind of talked us to allowing him to ride his bike and we've pretty much established that Aiden, if you're going to ride your bike, you can go a little bit ahead, but you need to stop at either the next mailbox, the next light pole. So he has, you know, different areas of points that he needs to stop. Right. We, we give him a little leeway to ride ahead, but Aiden, Aiden knows to stop at either mailbox or the light pole or whatever. But sometimes, sometimes Aiden, I don't know if it's the wind blowing in his face or all the fast scenery that's passing him by on the sidewalk, sometimes he likes to go. And he'll pass that mailbox, he'll pass that light pole, everything. And so now we're having to yell at Aiden, Aiden, stop, Aiden, Aiden, slow down, slow down. And so when we're doing that, it, it seems like he hears us because he kind of hesitates or kind of seems like he's going to turn around, but yet he keeps on going. So when we catch up with him most of the time, and this is probably every day, most of the time when we ask him, Aiden, why didn't you stop? Why didn't you stop at the place we told you to stop? Why, why, why didn't you stop? And he always looks at us and says, well, I didn't hear you. And we look at him and say, well, Aiden, I think you might have heard us. I think you, I think you might have heard us because you seemed like you were turning around or you kind of paused, but you kept on going. And so, you know, sometimes we get too far away from in doing our own thing that we can't hear God. You know, you know, I said all that to say that sometimes we ourselves get so far away because he was so far away he couldn't hear Ralph. But the thing, but or mostly it's Ralph calling him. But the thing is, is that he did hear an inkling of something. He he did hear Ralph, but he didn't hear him enough, or it wasn't in him enough 
to try to find out what he was saying to him. And so God is basically saying, are you okay with not hearing God's voice fully and completely? Are you okay with not hearing God's voice fully and completely? Because the fact of the matter is, is Aiden heard something. He heard his daddy's voice, but he, he might not have heard exactly what he was saying, but neither did he position himself, neither did he turn around and go back and say, Daddy, what are you saying? He didn't do that. He just kept going on to do it. But, you know, that's, it's, you know, kids, but in God speaks to us a lot, you know, with the kids. And, um, you know, God is saying that obedience is not just for kids. Obedience mm-hmm. is for everybody. It's a requirement for everybody. Um to submit your will or to submit what you want to do um, to God. But, you know, just thinking about being able to uh, obey God, you have to hear. And with Aiden in, in those scenarios, now we pray that it gets better, but it's it's almost the same thing every time we walk. It's always an issue that he can't hear. Therefore, he can't obey. And a lot of times when we find ourselves not being able to hear God, we have to then position ourselves. Because mm-hmm. not one time did he he back <laughs> he could have he could have turned around if he thought that he was hearing. And just like us, if we feel like God is telling us to do something, we can ask questions. Right. We can say, God, I, clear, I, clear. I think you're telling me to do this. Is this is is this actually <laughs> what you're telling me to do? Or, you know, we can fast or we can pray, but we can find ourselves getting in position to hear God so that we can do what he's instructed us to do. Right. Now, I think with an example, uh, I, I, I'll tell you, it was, it's nothing like kids that help you grow up and see God in ways. But uh, here's, with Aiden, I think the other thing is we're always talking to him. Like April, she don't fuss at me, but she's like, grab. Because I, as a father, I'm always wanting to teach him. I'm always wanting to him to be aware. I'm always wanting him to to understand what's going on around him. So I'm always speaking to him. And, and kind of like and what April said, I think that's so good is that sometimes we find ourselves, like if I'm walking and he's a quarter of a mile ahead of me on the sidewalk, even though his father is speaking, even though it's my job to protect him, even though I want to provide for him and care for him, sometimes you can take yourself out of the safety of your father because you just get too far away. Uh, You just just go so far because you're seeking out for self. You're wanting to explore. You want to see the squirrels or you, I mean, for Aiden is that, or wanting to see what's going on. And what happens is you get so caught up with seeing, with identifying what you want to see in life, identifying where you want to go in life, identifying where, how fast you want to get there, that you lose focus of your father. And though your father's intent is to ensure that you have a good life, it's his intent for you to always be provided for, it's intent for you, him to always provide safety for you, it is our disobedience that takes us out of the range of the Father being able to take care of us the way that he desires. And that's why it's really important for people to understand it's not that God harms us. It's not that God gave you cancer. It's not that God was caused you to be in a car wreck. It's not God that does those things. What happens is, first of all, we live in a world with sin in it. It rains on the just and the unjust. And sometimes bad things just happen, right? 
And so I'm not saying everything that bad happened is because you're in sin. But I am saying disobedience will take you out of the range of the Father, not because he can't protect you. You have removed yourself from his protection. And what happens is when you get that far away, you can't hear his voice. Uh, and that's the thing. And, and, I, and I, when I was thinking about that, when you was telling me about that, we have to reposition ourselves back into the range. And what you, the thing that you told me that was really good is that sometimes what we have to do is just go back to the last thing our daddy told us. What was the last thing God told you? Because sometimes you're like, well, I can't hear God. Go back and do the last thing he told you to do. Uh, is what you're talking about. And then the other part that I love about the Aiden analogy is this. Sometimes Aiden heard part of it, kind of like you said, pause but still did what he wanted. And, and, and that's the thing that we do a lot. You can't be, as you said, summed up, you can't be okay with partial obedience. You can't pause from God and then expect benefit and then move on to do what you want to do because that's not how God set it up. And if you go read John 14 and 15 out of the Passion Translation, it's so good. In John 14 and 15 in the Passion Translation, it says, Loving me empowers you to obey my commands. In the Passion Translation, it says, Loving me empowers you to obey my commands. So when I read that, I was like, who is me? Like, who, who is he talking about when he says, Loving me empowers you to obey my commands? And so then you go to John 1 and 1, and then it says in John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so when you go back and read that now, loving the Word of God empowers you to obey His commands. And so unless you fall in love with the Word, then obedience will always become something that is hard for you to accomplish because you ain't really love the word. And, and I love the way I think Pastor C said that we ain't taking God seriously. He didn't ask us to meditate on his word both day and night because we didn't have anything else to do. He didn't ask us to observe to do accordingly to all that's written therein so that we may make our way prosperous and have good success because there wasn't anything else to do. He didn't ask us to renew our minds in Romans 12 and then Philippians 2 tell us to take on the mind of Christ, but there was nothing else to do. He was preparing us to be able to walk out obedience because obedience is the gateway to everything that God has. It is the gateway to accessing heaven. And unless a person is willing to humbly submit themselves, what you talked about, to come in compliance with the order, to request or submit to another's authority, to hear and obey, we will never access God's fullness until we are able to obey in everything he asks us to do. Because that's, that's what that was talking about. And if we keep reading in John 14 and 16, it says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you an another, another Savior, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend just like me. He will never leave you. And that word Savior there, and I'm reading out the Passion Translation again, that word Savior there means parakletos. Uh, it means your defense attorney, one that stands next to you as a helper. And so what we have to understand that obedience is nothing, is not anything that we accomplish out of the flesh. Obedience is something that we accomplish by accessing our defense attorney, by accessing our comforter, by accessing our counselor. It, that is how we are able to walk in obedience. But when we try to walk in obedience 
out of a uh, exertion of our own flesh, our own, our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions. When we try to inject ourselves, our flesh, into accomplishing obedience, which is a spiritual thing, we. I think Pastor Sean said today uh, that you can you can become you can be compliant or you can manage the things for so long, but management isn't deliverance. You know what I'm saying? You can self-control yourself for having sex for so long. You can self-control your way into not doing whatever for so long. But as long as you're trying to control that thing out of the flesh, eventually you're going to become exhausted because your flesh was never intended to accomplish the will of God. Neither does it have the energy to do so. And that's why the Bible tells us in Philippians, it says, he said, I will give you the energy the joy in the and what you need to accomplish my will because he was telling us he is sending us a savior he's sending the holy spirit to give us the ability to walk out full obedience the very same way that jesus walked out obedience and everybody should type i can't obey god without the holy spirit there's no way you cannot obey god without the holy spirit and that's all that's saying in you know, later in John 14, um, you know, Jesus is making reference to him leaving and he's talking about the importance of obedience and if you love me, you'll obey me. And he's saying that he's going to send a comforter, he's going to send a helper to help us. And it's so significant because whenever somebody's talking about leaving or if anybody's, you know, ever been, I guess, on their deathbed per se, and I'm just painting a picture of how, how significant this this topic is um but you know if anybody's ever on like their deathbed and and whatever they say to you is is very important it's very significant it's the last thing he said i'm leaving and and he said he's leaving but he's telling us all of this thing all of these things about mm -hmm. obedience and about sending the holy spirit then it is very significant um jesus is speaking of obedience um, before him going to the cross speaks the importance of the subject you know like I said when people are you know on their deathbed and stuff their their last wishes or their last thing they want to tell you it's important they're like so you should you know take ear hear, ear to it to hear um, so that's that's all I wanted to say about that but and I, I think the thing is that so so Jesus is about to go to the cross and he's telling them to be obedient and, and it's like his last will and testament almost. He's like, hey, look, this is what I need for you to do. I need for you to obey. And then not only that, I still love, I mean, and we love the cross. And, and, and I'm not minimizing the cross. But what we have to realize is that he knew it was so important for us to be able to obey him mm -hmm. that he didn't leave us helpless. Because he knew that in the flesh we were not able to accomplish what he will be asking us to do, we will not be able to access that. And so he left us the Holy Ghost so that we will be able to do what he will be able to ask us to do. And the thing with obedience is that I think a lot of people, we don't understand kingdom. And because we have lived in a democracy for so long, we always feel like we should have an opinion, right? We always feel like we should have a say in something or a vote. And see, the, the kingdom of God is set up so much different than the world we exist in now. 
in the kingdom of God, God is king, right? And and this is a colony. Earth is a, a colony in which we uh, the kingdom have colonized. And so what he did, he left the Holy Spirit as the governor of this kingdom. And so when you operate in the kingdom, there is no vote. There is not a democracy. And, and, and the citizens of that kingdom are cared for by the king. But part of that is understanding that I have to align and agree with the king. And so when people get saved and we understand salvation, salvation gives us access to eternal life. But salvation, but when we get saved, we exit a democracy and we enter into a theocracy where God is king and we, uh, we are under his rulership. And so, so much time, so many times we're disobedient because we're inflicting our opinion. And our opinion doesn't matter in the kingdom. Our vote doesn't matter in the kingdom. What matters in the kingdom is what the Father has told us to do. And so developing that kingdom mindset to know that if I want the best the kingdom has to offer, I got to do what's in, what the king is asking me to do. Because when I do what the king is asking me to do, I can be guaranteed provision, right? And so that's what we have to do as citizens of the kingdom. We have to align to his will. We have to agree in our heart. And then we can see the advancement that the king wants us to have in his life. Because what God has done is put us in the earth as regents. And a regent is a replica of a king. And so we are all been called to be regents in the earth. But and the purpose of the regent or the governor is to recreate the kingdom in the location in which I've been placed. So as a region in our house, as the head of my house, I am called to make our house look like heaven. And everybody has been called to be a region in some area. But when we can't even obey God to do what he asks us to do, then it impacts the kingdom because we are not replicating the culture, the way of life, the thinking, and the heart of God in the places that he has told us to be in. And so, our, and I've been saying it for weeks, our disobedience is so much bigger than us because it prevents the expansion of the kingdom because as a governor in the earth, when I don't stand in my role and I don't obey God and I don't replicate the kingdom of heaven in the area in which God has assigned me to do, then I have lives that are at risk because I'm not doing my job. And that's so good that you said that because... You know, basically, you know, God, when I was just kind of going back and forth with God about, you know, just getting on here. And, you know, I've heard him say more than once, this is just so much bigger than you. You know, don't don't make this about you. It's just so much bigger than you, you know, and just simply obey. Just simply obey. And it's, you know, it's real easy to obey God when you trust him. And I know we're yeah. kind of getting on. No, you can't. No. But, you know, it's so easy to obey God when you trust him and when you just focus on his goodness and, and you know, his plans are for you are good and to prosper you, then he wouldn't tell you anything to set you up or to, right. to make you fail. It, he just wouldn't do it. So knowing that, I mean, it brings peace. Knowing that, yeah, I can jump on a Facebook Live and teach because it's not about me. It's bigger than right. me. And, you know, God is... His plans for me are good, and he's never going to set me up. That's so that's true. enough to obey. That is enough to obey. So, um, no, that's good. Off. <laughs> no, no, we're not off. It's perfect. And so, uh, and, and I mean, I, I think about one of the things 
obedience doesn't always make sense and it's somewhere in our notes uh down there but uh obedience doesn't always make sense because you you're talking about your fear i mean how long did i talk to you about doing this bible study like like i felt like god it probably was i would say six months to a year before i actually acted on what god had told me to do because i was doing a lot of soul work on myself about uh my own identity, who God had called me to be. Uh, and, and as men, we probably don't talk about it a lot. Now, I may be one of few men, I doubt it, that because of our personality, we don't want to talk about how we feel and what we look like and if I want to be like somebody else and things like that because it's not muncho. But at the end of the day, I mean, if, at the end of the day, we got to be assured of who we are and trust God enough that he knows where we need to go. I mean, because we read the word where it says, I know the thoughts and the plans I have towards you, mm -hmm. but do I trust God enough to go with his plan? Do I trust God enough to take him, to let him take me where he wants me to go instead of me trying to look at other people to find out where I want to go? And, uh, and I think it's important because when you begin to be obedient, be obedient, obedience brings freedom because I'm more free now than I've ever been. Um, uh, ever been and, and I mean and I, I love the freedom that I that has come through be, being obedient to God because uh, I could have always been chasing an identity that I felt like I should have instead of becoming a man of God that he said that I should be because what God is not needing is a whole bunch of replicas because that's not what he needs he doesn't need you to be like me he doesn't need me to be like you but he needs each one of us to be the governors that he has called us to be. And we can't govern if we don't even know who we are. So we've been called, a lot of us have been called governors, but we're out here acting like regular old ordinary citizens. We're not ruling anything because we're so busy trying to look like everybody else. Uh, and, and the thing about obedience is it won't occur unless you trust them. And so you gotta take that time to trust them. And so speaking of that, I mean, that kind of leads us to the next part. Why should we obey God? Because he asks us to. It, we should obey God because it's the thing that communicates our love back to him. It's worship. And so I'm going to go through some things real quick, and then we'll talk about them as we have time. But why, why should I obey God? Obedience is for our benefit. Number one, obedience is for our benefit. Obedience, number two, obedience releases miracles. So when I'm obedient to God, it releases miracles. Uh, the third one, obedience repels failures and assures victory. So when I operate in obedience, what it does is it pushes away failure and it embraces victory. Obedience perfects patience. I mean, that, that's a good one. Obedience perfects patience. Obedience aligns you, number five, obedience aligns you with your identity. And so as I, and that's what we're talking about right now, as we both begin to obey God, obedience puts you in alignment with who God has really called you to be. Um, and then number six, there's a reward for being obedient. God rewards those who are obedient. But before we cover why we're going to, why obey God, let's talk briefly why people disobey. Uh, why do people disobey? Because they have not 
decided that obeying God is a priority. And let's just call it for what it is. Most of us don't obey God because, honestly, you don't have any intention to obey God. You don't have, and I said again, why don't we obey God? Because we don't have any intention of obeying God. Like Aiden, we have removed ourselves from proximity. Therefore, God's voice isn't even recognized anymore. We have removed ourselves from proximity. So a lot of us are saved. We're set free. We're delivered. But what happens is we remove, we don't spend time in the word. We fail to recognize God's voice. And what happens, like Aiden, we ride our bikes so far ahead of our father that we can't even hear him. And because we can't even hear him, we don't do anything that he asks us to do. But honestly, we're okay with it because we got salvation, right? We're going to heaven when we die. But man, we don't have any intention because in order to obey God, there has to be intentional effort. You just don't obey God by accident. You don't wake up and accidentally obey God. You got to have intent to obey God. You got to purposely wake up and recognize his voice in order to obey yeah, him. And, you know, speaking on the topic of freedom, you know, with Aiden, thinking, you know, still talking about Aiden, you know, obedience opens up a new level of freedom. Because mm-hmm. if you can stop at that mailbox, if you can stop at that light pole, then I'm going to allow you to do a right. few more things. So obedience opens up a new level of freedom for you. Yeah. It, it just does. So. Because it's about maturity and so a lot of us are wanting god to open up the doors and let us do anything but honestly we're not even mature enough to sit down and read our word for 10 minutes a day you know we ain't even mature enough to sow five dollars when he asks us to do we're not even mature enough to keep our mouth closed when he asks us not to say nothing you know what i'm saying and so we're asking God for all of this authority. We're asking God for all of these benefits when God can't even trust us with the small things. Uh, it says, you can't, uh, we obeyed as long as nothing else interests us. And kind of like, I think I saw Pastor Evans' content, we don't obey God because it doesn't allow what we want. <laughs> and I got that as point number three. We obey as long as nothing else interests us. Mm-hmm. Our, our obedience ends when a new interest begins. You know what I'm saying? A lot of us are willing to obey God until something catches our eye that causes us to go astray. Because the truth of the matter is we're drawn away by the lust of our own flesh. And so if you always wonder why something causes you to be disobedient, you need to check your heart. Because you're only being drawn away by things to attract you, right? Like, like people obviously see, they know my style. I love me a beautiful, uh, beautiful chocolate woman, you know? Uh, and that's, that's what I like, natural, beautiful. So the enemy ain't going to send me something that's not attractive to me, right? Uh, because he know it wouldn't get me off. And so what we got to realize, you can, you, you can look at your life and see what is in your heart by what has drawn you astray and then ask the Holy Spirit to to help you to overcome that. But you got to be intentional about identifying what has caused you to go astray, what has caused you to, to move your interest from God to something else that pushes you out in front of God that you no longer hear his voice. 
Uh, and then here's the other good one. This, this is one that the Lord really kind of talked to me about uh, and you. Uh, and, and here it is. You can go ahead and type this. Say obedience is a single player game. Obedience is a single player game. Ralph, what do you mean? Um, you trying to get everybody else on the boat with you. It's not a team. It's not a team game. And in a relationship and a marriage, that's really important because God could be asking me or asking April to do something, and that word doesn't apply to my spouse. But I, here I am trying to get my spouse on board to obey a word that isn't even for them. The only person that needs to participate in your obedience is you. You don't, you don't got to have your friend's opinion. You don't got to have the pastor's opinion. You don't got to have your spouse's opinion. Obedience to God is a single player game. It's about you committing to God what he has asked you to do. You don't need no anybody else on board. You don't need anybody else on board. You got to obey God for yourself. Um, you got to obey God. And we got, we already kind of talked about this one. Um, and, and, and one example, what, what light was that? Oh, I guess y'all can still see me. Let me see if I can fix this real quick. Uh, there we go. Sorry about that. And so we talked about we have to settle the issue in our mind regarding the character of God. God can be trusted. I mean, it's over in 1 Corinthians, it tells us God can be trusted. And it's, it's going to be hard for a person to, to obey God if they don't trust him. God is not trying to take your fun away. He knows what is best for you. And you must intend to obey God. You got to set your intentions. Every day, you got to set your intentions to, 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 to obey God. It's an intent, obedience is an intentional act that we have to participate in. It's an intentional act. Uh, and just, I was just thinking about, uh, and, and the small things matter. I, I remember when we were believing God for our house. Uh, and... Uh, because when we, we had made the point of that it don't always make sense and you got to trust God and we were believing God for our house April had just got a job at where Baptist and and I had just got a job as a case manager um, and I, I mean it was self-employed right so you know if you're self-employed you're supposed to show two years of income before it counts and all of that and so um, the important and then and then it's not in our notes, but I'm going to tell you, covenant helps you to be obedient. That's right. Covenant helps you. And if y'all didn't go see Covenant Conversations on Mindset Monday this week with Pastor Sean and Pastor Chris, go to Sean Strickland's page on Facebook, and you need to watch that. It's worth investing your time to, to, to understand covenant. Because you remember, God told us that we could have a house, and it could be 2,000 square foot or bigger. Mm -hmm. Uh, and Pastor Sean and Pastor Edwin was uh, our spiritual parents, our uh, mom and dad is what we call them. We showed them a house, 
And Pastor Sean, that's when they used to put the little papers in the yard. And Pastor Sean, we was riding after church. Pastor Sean, we got the car. And Pastor Sean looked at the sheep. And she just kind of looked at us and like, why are we here? <laughs> and we were like, because it's a house. She said, but uh, why are we here? And we, me and April was kind of confused. They're like, we want to show you this house. She said, but this ain't what God said. This ain't what you told me God told you you could have. And I was just like, because it was like 1,700 square feet. And she was like, I ain't going in. And she literally refused to go in because she was like, this isn't. And, and the thing about covenant, covenant kept us in obedience because mom wouldn't even allow. She's just like, this ain't what it is. And then the other part of that, I remember that God told us to sow every time we saw mom and dad sow something into their lives. Sow into, so every time we were believing God for a house and instead of saving, we were sowing. I mean, it didn't make sense, right? And the natural, I mean, and I know we sold quite a bit as we were believing God for the house. And he said, don't worry about it. So we still looking for the house and everything. And, um, and uh, we finally found a house, and the appearance of the house just was not attractive to us. The yard was grown up, everything was like, it just looked ugly. And the Lord said, take the time to go in. And we went in this house, and it was over 2,000 square feet. Uh, it was a uh, three-bedroom, three two-bath, and it was pretty much everything that we wanted. Uh, but it was way out of our price range. So so we thought in the natural. Uh, and so our realtor was like, they wanted like, I don't forget what it was, but it was several thousand, several tens of thousands above our price range at that time. But we stayed committed to being obedient to God. He said, so we so. He said, claim your house, we claimed our house. He said, uh, uh, continue to sow. Like that's all we heard as we believe God for a house was to sow money. And so as we sold out of obedience, then the house came and it was like, well, this house is, I'm making up, I don't remember, it was 2006. Uh, let's say the house was $200,000. Y'all remember, she just got a job. I don't really have a job that makes anything on paper. He said, go to this person and fill it out. We fill out the person, they're like, you qualify. Like what, we qualify? And then we went into the realtor. You remember when we went this and we went to the realtor? And they say the house was set 200, and I feel like the Lord said, uh, do do it for 160. Now, only do it for 160, but tell them you want blinds in the house, tell them you want gutters, tell them you want the side the whole yard, tell them you want them to repaint the cabinet, tell them all this other stuff. And our realtor sat there in that office and told us, you sure you want to submit this? Because this ain't going to go through. And all I remember then is like, this is what the Lord said do. And so we submitted it. 24 hours later, they agreed on it. Not only did we close on the house and they did everything, but they gave us money at closing. And so sometimes it doesn't make sense to be obedient to God. Not to our physical senses. And, and last week I talked about God of the impossible. God is always doing things on our behalf. He is always setting up the future for the believer. 
And, and that's what's talking about the reward for obedience. When you choose to obey God, it doesn't matter what the earth says. Nothing in the earth can stop the promise that God had for us from having that house. But I, I, I believe with all my heart that because of Pastor John and Pastor Evan, that covenant relationship, and us sharing that with them, it kept us in obedience to going after the promise, even when time and we were exhausted with looking at houses, she would let us settle for anything other than what God told us that we could have. And so covenant, and that one in our notes, but I feel that strongly, covenant helps you stay in obedience. Your man and woman of God helps you to see the blind spots in your life. You know, and so so that that's important for us to understand is that sometimes you tell the people that are close to you in covenant what God has said. And even when you grow weary, sometimes in well doing, they're there to encourage you so that you won't stagger not. And you can stand and be fully persuaded that God will do what he said he'll do. That's good. And, you know, while we're on the term of um, why people disobey, um, Another reason why, you know, people disobey is because they lean towards what's familiar to them. Yeah. And and so I was just thinking about, I guess, years ago, you know, when we went on, um, we were going to a marriage conference, I think, in D.C. or mm -hmm. Maryland area. And we actually didn't get to go because the weather was so bad. Right. And, um, I got a real bad headache, sinus headache. It was pretty much a migraine. And I got sick to my stomach throwing up. It was just crazy. Um, but anyway, you know, I ended up taking Tylenol, which was familiar to me because, you know, as a nurse, you know, I just, you take a pain reliever and it'll be fine. That didn't even touch it. I mean, like I was throwing up and, you know, Ralph had to go out and get some food. And it was just mm. crazy. And so ended up eating and, and I was like, since the Tylenol didn't help, which was familiar, then I, choose, I chose something else familiar. I moved on to ibuprofen. And that didn't help. Like I said, I was throwing up and everything. And then finally, you know, I just, I got myself in a position and really was like, Lord, you got to help me. You know, what do I need to do about this? And God told, I remember just like yesterday, God told me to go in the bathroom and run a, a tub full of warm water and just stick my feet in there. And I'm telling you, like in, a, like in literally five minutes, my headache was gone. Now, I could have avoided all of that if I would have chose to just go to God to hear him and then obey instead of choosing what was familiar to me, which was the Tylenol and ibuprofen. Not saying that it doesn't work. And if God tells you to do that, do it. But the thing is, I didn't go to God to hear him and then do what he was instructing me to do. So sometimes we disobey God because we just choose to, yeah. to do what's familiar to us. Yeah. And I think it goes back to our intent. Uh, because sometimes we don't choose God because we haven't also set our intent to always ask before we do. We, we have, we, because we want to be rulers of our own life, mm -hmm. our lives, I think a lot of times we don't set our intentions to ask before we do. We do, and then if it screws up, we ask God to rescue us, mm -hmm. right? But we don't always That's stop right. and say, hey, God, you know what? This is what I'm thinking. What do you think about this? Because if we set our intentions to always ask first, mm -hmm. 
then we will always have the proper solution to walk out and life will have far less detours and far less instances of where things go bad because the will of God is perfect. And it takes, and let's go to Psalms 19, 7 through 10 in the message. And it will show us what we're talking about. Uh, it says, the, revela the revelation of God is whole and it pulls our lives together. It says, the signposts of God are clear and they point out the right road. So there we go already. God is, the Holy Spirit is setting up signposts in our lives to navigate us on the right road. Let's keep reading. It says, the life maps of God are right, showing the way to joy. Obedience brings joy, hallelujah. The directions of God are plain and they're easy on the eyes. God, and here's a, here's a key to you talking about trusting God. God's reputation is 24 karat gold. And if you don't know anything about gold, let me help you. 24 karat gold is the purest form of gold. It's 99.9999% gold, right? Uh, and what God is saying is this. God's reputation is pure, it's perfect, and it's 100% guaranteed. It says that it even comes with a lifetime guarantee. It says the decisions of God are accurate down to the nth degree. God's word is better than a diamond, better than a diamond set with emeralds. You'll like it better than strawberries in the spring, better than red ripe strawberries. So the word of God it is clear and it points us in the right direction. And so when we learn to trust God, we'll understand he's not out to get us. He's not out to strip us from front. I mean, being obedient is not to strip us from being fun. It's not to strip up to take away that boo that you love so much. It's not that you can't have the, the job or the house or anything like that. But God's uh, word is designed to point us to the right road. It's designed to pull our lives together. And what's the life that he's trying to pull together? When he talks about it, I know the plans that I have for you. You know what I'm saying? And when he talks about, I knew you before I formed you in the room of your mother, and I had an expected end. So the word of God, those signposts of God that are clear, point us to the road that takes us to the prosperous end that God expects for us to live in. Yeah. And, and, the, and it says that we can trust his reputation. It comes with a lifetime guarantee. Whose life guarantees that? Jesus' life guarantees that. Jesus' death guaranteed us that we'll have victory if we obey God. If we obey God. Amen. So, so we got, and that was Psalm 19, verses 7 through 10. You got to understand that the revelation of God is whole and it pulls us together. And that the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you is like a signpost pointing you in the right direction. It's like Google Maps. It's telling you go left. It's telling you how to get there, right? That's the purpose of the Word of God. And so another reason why people, before we, uh, why people don't obey God is that they have not developed a God is here mindset. And we'll go to Psalm 16 and 8. It says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord with him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. We don't focus on God. We wake up and just get out of bed and live our life. We govern ourselves throughout the day 
and still allowing the Holy Spirit to be our governor. And whenever we rule ourselves, we're limited in our knowledge. We're limited in our future sight. We're limited in our ability to see all around. We're not omniscient. We're not, we're not ever present. So we walk into things that the Holy Spirit had designed to give us a signpost to point us on the right road. But when we wake up and we don't have a God is here mindset and we don't keep our eyes on the Lord, then it, what we do is end up walking in disobedience, not even intentionally per se, but because we fail to always acknowledge God. And so acknowledging God at all times is important because it helps keep us in alignment with what his will is, right? Uh, and, and, and the thing that we'll go with that is uh, Psalm 68 19 talks about that how he daily loads us with benefits. I mean, we could talk about how all the awesome things that God does for us daily. But if he's daily loading us with benefits, are we daily loading him with praise and worship? Are we daily being, are we, are we all the time being grateful for what he's done? Because what gratefulness does, it keeps a mindset of worship. And also, gratefulness constrains me to understand that it's not I but God that is causing the goodness to show up in our life. And I think God is daily loading us with benefits, but if we're not careful, we'll begin to think that those benefits are something that we're producing ourselves. We'll begin to think that the goodness that we have is something that we have obtained ourselves. We'll begin to think that the house we live in now is not something that God did for us, but something that we did for ourselves. We'll think that our bank account's been in abundance. Yeah. It's something that that we did and not God did ourselves. So if you're careful, if you're not careful that God daily loading you with benefits can cause you to kind of be like Samuel when he was, uh, when God said he had gave, he had gave Saul, he had gave him a heart, but Saul began to think that all the things that God had done for him, he had blessed him. Saul began to think that he had kind of done it himself. So Saul began to take some things into his own hands and make some decisions for his own self and then found himself in a place where God says that you're not going to be the king, that your, your era of kingdom has ended because you can get to a point where because you don't daily put God before you, because you don't daily focus on him, that you believe that you're responsible for this goodness. Mm -hmm. And when you begin to think that you're responsible for that goodness, then you're responsible for sustaining it. And there is no way you can sustain a blessing from God in your flesh. And so we have to always keep a mindset in which we keep God before us. Because if he's daily loading me with benefits, I need to be daily loading him with praise. I need to be daily loading him with worship. I need to be daily putting his word before me so that I can walk out the things that he has for me in obedience. Let's see where we Let's take a look at another. Another time. Oh, it's 9.25. Okay. Um, which one do you want to cover? Or what do you want to talk about? Cover the wild people disobey. Uh, so let's cover a few why obey God. Uh, let's do the one obedience aligns you with your identity. Um, no, let's tell a story. Let's let's end on a story. Um, 
because I think the last few months I've been talking about the importance of so while they got I'll give you some scriptures though obedience is is for uh, your benefit excuse me Matthew 7 24 and 25 talks about how obedience establishes a firm foundation and that when you obey God it's like building your house on a rock it's unshakable so when I begin to obey God then that obedience causes me to be built on a foundation that's unshakable. So even in the midst of a pandemic, even in the midst of COVID, even in the midst of a bad economy, even in the midst of all these things going down, I don't have to fret. Why? Because I, my obedience caused me to build this house on a firm foundation, which is God. And so no matter what wind comes our way, no matter what destruction tries to come, uh, a thousand may fall at my left and 10,000 at my right, but me and you, we good. Why? Because we obey God and we are founded on something that's unshakable. Because, so that's one of the obedience of benefits of our obedience. It is unshakable. Uh, obedience releases miracles. You think about Peter, when Jesus was preaching and Peter had just finished fishing and he is washing his nets and all these things and he was about to pack up and go home. And Jesus said, go out there and cast your net again. Now, Peter, like, Peter could have been like, no, no, just, hey, I hear you, but I just washed these nets. I just got all the salt off of them. I just picked out all the seaweed. I just got all the sand off of it. I'm about to pack up this stuff and go out. But Peter said, okay, God, I'll do it. And in his obedience, he brought in a harvest that even he couldn't contain. Other boats had to come help. So through his obedience, it presented a miracle in his life. And a lot of times we are thinking like, man, what's the big deal? And the thing that the Lord said say about that is that God has told some of y'all to go back to do something that you have failed at before. And you have refused to go back and do it because you have experienced failure. And because failure is familiar to you, you want to escape it. You don't want to go back to that spot what you've been hurt in a relationship and you're scared to get married again that was one of the things that he told me you you, you you've been in a relationship you've gotten hurt before and god has told you to go fishing he has told you to cast your nets again he has told you to go out again but because of the bad relationship before because of the failure in that relationship you have been afraid to cast your nets and the lord is saying cast your nets now, whether you do it or not, it's up to you. But God is saying, go back and do it again. And that's what Peter had to do. He had to go back and be willing to say, you know what? I did it one way before and I didn't catch anything. It didn't work out. But I got a word from God now. And what happens when we get that word from God? Faith is established. And where there is faith, there is accomplishment. And then we obey God. And then what happens? What pleases God? Faith pleases God. And we're able to line up and walk out the thing that God has for us. And so go whatever that is, you pray about it. But you go back and do that thing and don't let familiarity of failure to cause you from casting your nets again. So obedience releases miracles. Uh, obedience aligns you with your identity. When I begin to obey, every act of obedience moves me closer into the fulfillment of who I'm called to be in Christ. 
every act of obedience because obedience crucifies the flesh. So you tonight doing this, me starting this a couple months ago, what is what is doing obedience is the gateway to all things that God has to offer. Obedience, nothing you you won't get anything from God through obedience. You didn't even get salvation through obedience. You know what I'm saying? What did you have to do to get obedient? I mean, to get saved. He said, tell us to do what? Confess. Confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart. So if we wasn't being obedient, if our faith, we didn't have faith in that process to move us to obey, to open our mouth, we wouldn't even experience salvation. So obedience is the gateway. It is the pathway that God has for us to access to be able to become everything he intended us to be. It gives us access to freedom. It gives us access to the John 10 and 10 life, the abundant life, life of overflowing and, and everything like that. And so, so yeah, so I said we'll end with a story. Because um, God has good plans for you. And what happens is, the Holy Spirit will reveal the secrets of God to us. And so as I'm obedient to the Holy Spirit speaking to me, what it does, kind of like an onion, every act of obedience pulls off a layer of our soul. It aligns, let me rephrase, every act of obedience aligns our soul with our spirit because our spirit is 100% like man, right? But our, I mean, our spirit is 100% like man. Huh? I mean, I wanted to like God. Yeah, thank you. But our soul, our mind, will, our emotions, imagination, our intellect, they're fleshly. And so they're being saved. And so every time I obey God, it subjects my soul to, to submit to my spirit. And as my spirit grows up and my soul decreases and become more aligned with my spirit, then my body responds, right? So every act of obedience causes my soul man to submit and come in alignment under my spirit, therefore giving my body the ability to obey. And when I begin to operate in obedience, then freedom is manifested in my life. That's right. So that's what happens. So what story do you want to tell? Let's, let's tell a sewing story uh, as we end. You want to do your ring? That's an interesting one. Alright. So, alright. So, we're still talking about sewing. Free, because here's the thing. And, 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 and I'll use this example. Even farmers get, this is year great harvest, right? And so, and, and me and April's talk, we talked about, we talked about hours for this, this hour, basically. Um, and so, but one of the examples was talking about how this is a year of great harvest, but harvest requires obedience. Harvest requires timing, you know? And we talked about how farmers, if farmers wasn't, oh, if farmers are not obedient and reading the instructions on how to sow the seed and when to sow it, if farmers are not obedient in, in understanding the instructions on how to utilize their equipment to harvest, you know? Farmers have to understand the instructions outlined by the manufacturer on when to sow seed. The farmers have to understand the instructions outlined by the manufacturer on how to use the equipment to harvest. The farmers have to understand the instructions 
outlined by the manufacturer on when to fertilize the seed, when to water the seed, how much to water the seed. So the farmers who farm every day and get harvest understand that their ability, their quantity of harvest is all related to them following the instructions outlined by the manufacturer of the seed and the equipment in which they use to get the harvest. And so if farmers get it, right, how much more should we, we you and I understand that we gotta understand, we gotta out follow the instructions outlined by the manufacturer, which is God, on how to increase and get the biggest harvest. He knows how to harvest. He knows where the harvest is. But we gotta understand the instructions for time. We gotta understand the instructions from the manufacturers according to weather so. We got to know the instructions from the manufacturer on what method of sowing that's going to prosper us. And we got to understand the method of, uh, from the manufacturer on how to harvest. Because some harvests will come from the work, your job. Some harvests may come from the seed that you sow. Some harvests may come from investments. Some harvests may come because you just believe God for something and somebody just sowed into your life. But we got to hear God on the manufacturer on how we are to harvest. You know what I'm saying? And so, uh, the ring. So we'll finish with the ring story and that we will be, because I understand it's 935. So, uh, what was it? A Wednesday night, McNair Middle School. Uh, was in the band room. Yes, that Bible study. Bible study. And I believe you actually brought it up. Yeah. I think we was talking about sowing a seed that was precious, right? Yeah. yeah. So we were talking about sowing a precious seed. And at the time, we we didn't have much of anything. We were staying no. in, I don't know if people from the Fayetteville area, you know, might remember Carlson Terrace, but even though we, we fixed it up, we, we, lived on, we lived at some apartments on campus that were actually kind of shady to be honest but hey we made it work so you know we didn't have a lot at the time but you know we we wanted to honor God you know and we wanted to be obedient to the word that was given in the house um, which was to show sow a precious seed um, so so Ralph came to me and um, he was like you know it's funny <laughs> now that I think about it it is kind of funny because he's like you know, I believe the Lord is is telling us to, you know, sow our ring. You know, it's funny because when God talks to you, he usually kind of says something about it. I'm like, well, this kind of involves me. But yeah. once again, you know. But I said you didn't have to. You said I didn't have right. to. You're right. And that is true. But once again, you know, that required me to now submit, you know, to submit what I wanted to do. And not the, not necessarily that I didn't want to do it. Um, I, I I just was, I guess, young in the area and didn't really understand. But anyway, I just did it out of obedience because the word that went forth was to, to sow um, a significant seed or sow something that was precious to you. So, you know, we decided, you know, we prayed and we felt like that that's what God, you know, told us to do. So we went, you know, and, and sowed our seed and, and, you know, prayed over and everything. But what was it probably about a year later um i was able to get a, a ring you know no basically 10 times the value was it about 10 times the value mm -hmm. probably about right. 10 times the value 
Um, and that just, it started with obedience. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the thing with that story for me was that a lot of times we minimize, we always look at our money when God says so something. Uh, uh, and so, <laughs> I was laughing at that, folks. Uh, we always look at our money. And the reason I'm talking about that, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something in a minute. But when God, when you got to sow something precious, a lot of times we sow what's convenient. We don't sow what's precious. And at that time, we didn't have a lot of money. And so when I asked, when I asked God about it, I told him I was going to sow my ring. She can, she won't, but I'm going to do it. And, and we did it, and then, uh, and everything. Uh, and, it, and it worked out on our behalf. But the thing is this. A lot of times you minimize what you got in your hand. And when you're asked to sow something precious, you need to ask, I mean, look at your house and find out what's precious. Now I'm reminded of the lady, the, the widow woman with the oil. It's like, what do you have in your hand? What can you sow? What do you have? And when you begin to sow whatever you have that's precious, God is always going to reward you. And even as I live life now, it's the one seed that God reminds me of all the time. And he says, you remember that time you sowed the most precious thing that you had. And he says, I will continue to reward you for that eternally. And so a lot of times when we begin to sow, we got to be obedient to God, even when it's something that is so precious to us. And I'm not asking anybody to sow those your, your wedding rings and none of that, right? That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that in the year of great harvest, we have to obey God when it's sowing. I mean, even the scholarship today, I mean, we, we sowed into it. And look at the harvest that kids have. I mean, we are sowing things and kids are going to be able to graduate college debt-free because of the seed that was sowing. Because uh, seed, when you sow a seed in the kingdom, it's perpetual. It's over and over and over again that you will reap a harvest off that. And so, but a lot of times we're so afraid to sow because we, are, we don't really trust God enough. And, and I throw a caveat in there, not bragging on myself, but I can throw a caveat in there for our men. My wife trusted me enough because I had shown myself to be trustworthy. I had shown myself that I heard from God. And so you wanting your woman to follow you, you wanting your woman to chase after you, you wanting your woman to do this, but you ain't even being faithful to God to show that you're trustworthy. There ain't no woman ought to be trusting a man that can't even, they don't even follow God. So you want your woman to do for you what you ain't even willing to do for yourself or God. You want her to trust you, but you won't trust God. And so you as a man, if you want a woman to follow you, if you want your wife to be there and be submitting to you, you need to follow God. You need to love her like Christ loved the church. Now that's a whole different Bible study, probably for a whole different group. But, but you got to be able to trust God. And so that's where I wanted to end. And so with that, I, this is a season to be sowing and not withholding your hand. And so I just want you, I mean, wherever you go to church, wherever you do, I mean, if this message bless you, you can sow into and, and April and I. If you, I mean, you can sow the Fellowship of Champions. What I'm telling you, don't withhold your hand. This is the season to be sowing. And I know some people may be on unemployment, and that may end on July the 31st. I know things may seem a little dry, maybe in your accounts. I mean, or whatever may be happening. 
But what I am telling you tonight is to trust God because the seed that you you sow, they will bring you a harvest. And regardless of what the in the Bible, I mean, in the Bible it says you won't see, I mean, you won't see wind, observe wind, and you won't see water, but you, you will have harvest. It, it, he talks about how he will water it. He will, he will cause it to happen. And the God of the impossible is looking for an opportunity for you to be obedient so he can show himself strong to you. That's what he wants to do. He wants to show himself strong to you. And so why obey God? Because God favors those who operate in obedience. So whatever your seed is, get your seed, sow your seed. And know that God will sustain you. He will cause you to overflow. Get connected with a church. If you're not, if you don't, if you are not a partner of a church, or you want to be a virtual partner of Fellowship of Champions, man, become a virtual partner. Because what I can tell you about Fellowship of Champions is, is we're gonna teach you the word. We're gonna teach you to grow up and be mature. And we're gonna teach you how to be a champion in life, how to walk in love, live by faith, and experience God's prosperity in every area of your life. So, once again, I hope after hearing us, you understood that the need to obey God, right? You know you need to obey God. Why? Because it's a commandment from God. Obedience is not optional. We talked about obedience is a heart issue. We didn't get a lot into that, but that trust in God, that's about the heart. Having faith in God, that's about the heart. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, the Bible says the Holy Spirit calls the love of God to be shared abroad in our heart. Why does the love of God need to be shared abroad in our heart? Because the love of God, perfect love, casts out fear. Why does fear need to be cast out? Because when fear is cast out, I can operate in faith and I know God will do what he said he'll do. And then lastly, you must decide that it's a priority to walk in obedience. In other words, you got to be intentional about obeying God. And so that's what we talked about. Um, you want to do announcements? You want to do announcements? I'm going to let you do it. You're going to, okay. All right. So once again, announcements for tonight. Thanks for hanging in there with us. Announcements for tonight. Um, 9.30. First of all, go to the Fellowship of Champions page and give to the scholarship fund. If you can't give to the scholarship fund, at least uh, share the uh, the link with your uh, people on your Facebook page. Because even though you may not be able to give, somebody that you're friends with may be able to give. Because we're looking forward to seeing the excess of $20,000 this month uh, into the added to the scholarship account. Uh, Mindset Monday. Uh, I mean, so let's just keep going. Sunday morning, jump on at 9.30. You can be fixing coffee, cooking breakfast at uh, Kristen Valley Worships. Join Pastor Chris as she worships uh, 9.30 Central Standard Time on Sunday. And then after she finishes, jump over to the FOC page for our Sunday service with Pastor Edwin or Pastor Shun. I'm not sure who will be teaching this uh, Sunday. Then after that, join us Monday for Mindset Monday. That's at Shun Strickland's page on Facebook. Then if you want to uh, fast with us, you're welcome to fast with us from 8 p.m. on Monday to after prayer on Tuesday. Tuesday night, 8 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time, run back to Fellowship of Champions page for corporate prayer and then next Wednesday back here at 8:30 Central Standard Time for Bible study. All right. And so April and I well, first let me say thank you. First, no. Let me tell you thank you. Okay. For allowing me to sit in with you and allow me to be obedient to God and to teach with you. I really enjoyed it. Um I'm not going to say I wasn't nervous, but 
I did enjoy it. And, you know, it is freedom when you step out and obey God. So, yeah. thank you. And I was just going to say, I'm proud of you for obeying God. It feels yes. good. Uh, and you're beautiful, too. I'm like, I, I think it, I just enjoy looking at the screen because I got to see your face. Uh, I tried to read the comments as I did it too, but you were what I was really looking at. Um, and so, but we want to thank you guys for joining us for Refresh Bible Study. Um, make sure that you come back next week uh, and make sure that you spend time being intentional about and waking up and asking God, God, what should I do? Be intentional. Set your intentions to obey God. Uh, and, 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 and just and just enjoy the freedom that obedience brings. It may be scary on the front end. Uh, you're talking to two people who who both had to overcome some social media type things. But what we'll tell you now, what I know I can tell you, obedience will bring you a freedom and a peace of mind that that is better than anything you've ever enjoyed. As Psalms 19 says, I mean, uh, as Psalms said, stated, it, obedience will bring you joy. And so thank you again for joining us at Refresh Bible Study. Thank you for joining uh, Fellowship of Champions, where we are a church teaching you to walk in love, live by faith, and experience God's prosperity in every area of your life. Uh, and as, as I say, remain grateful and stay hungry for the word. Uh, have a great night. We appreciate you guys for hanging in there with us.